Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, February 8th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the moves that were made and weren't made at Thursday's NBA trade deadline. Yesterday on Thursday, uh, there was some action. Not from a Celtics perspective. Celtics did make one minor move, but that could set them up for something here in the next couple days. So I'll react to all the NBA trade stuff. I will also react to the Celtics' loss to the Lakers last night on Thursday night at the TD Garden. Rajon Rondo with a buzzer beater. And the Celtics had some terrible rebounding before that buzzer beater. But also, I got some questions for Brad Stevens and maybe the way he handled this at the end of the game. I'll talk about all that. I have a couple leftover Patriots thoughts after watching the Super Bowl parade on Tuesday and some baseball news. Yeah, we have some Major League Baseball news as we get ready for spring training, pitches and catches report next week. So I will give you that baseball news and share some thoughts on that. And I'll close out the show with my reaction to the latest news in the pro wrestling world. I only react to major news in the pro wrestling world on this show. And there is some major news. And that is Kenny Omega. He's one of the biggest stars in the world. He's been over in Japan Uh, he's done some stuff with Ring of Honor. I've been telling you for a long time, I want to see Kenny Omega in WWE. And as we are on the road to WrestleMania, which will be in April at MetLife in New Jersey, all eyes are on Kenny Omega in the wrestling world because his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling is up. People want to know where he's going to sign. And uh, he's made his decision. He has signed with All Elite Wrestling. He will not go to the WWE And I will tell you why that is a bad thing for wrestling, in my opinion. All of it today presented by BetOnline.ag. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. And today's show presented by IV League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the IV. That's right, the IV. And they're right here in Boston. It's not just for hangovers. It's great for hangovers. Don't get me wrong. But it's not just for hangovers. Ivy League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use Ivy Hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. They have a new store in Southie, or here's the best part. I tell you all the time, they can come to you. You don't have to go to them. They'll come to you. Check out their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com to see all of their different IV hydration packages. And it also makes for a great gift. Maybe you don't want to do it. You might know someone who does. Get them a gift at ivleaguehydrate.com right now. Get one of their packages or you can give them a call 1-800-905-4252. That's 1-800-905-4252. Look better. Feel better. 
and of course, perform better with IV League Hydration. Welcome to the show on this Friday, February 8th. I told you I was going to wait until the day after the NBA trade deadline, which was yesterday on Thursday. We had some moves, but the biggest name that everybody was talking about, he was not moved. Anthony Davis was not traded. He remains in New Orleans. The question with Anthony Davis now is, will the Pelicans let him play? (laughs) Will Will they even let him play? Will Anthony Davis even want to play? Will his agent want Anthony Davis to play moving forward? That Anthony Davis stuff is, I mean, it did kind of take on a life of its own, but, you know, they they did drive this into the news, right? I mean, Anthony Davis's agent drove this into the news with a purpose. He's also LeBron James's agent. LeBron plays for the Lakers. And uh, we know the Lakers were aggressively seeking a trade for Anthony Davis right now before Thursday's deadline. And, and that's for a couple of reasons. They were, the Lakers were aggressive right now for a couple of reasons. One was because they know the Celtics have a much better trade package than they do. So they did not want Anthony Davis to, they did not want the Pelicans to wait until this, this summer because the Lakers know the Celtics can offer more than, than the Lakers can. At least that's the way it looks right now. Uh, Lakers know that. But, you know, I think also because the Lakers, I mean, they do want to win right now. Let, let's not, like the Celtics, if they could get Anthony Davis right now, they would. It's just that they can't because of the Derrick Rose rule and because Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis are on those same rookie max extensions as long as they're on those same type of Rose Rule extensions, they cannot be added to the same team via trade, and you'd have to trade for Anthony Davis, and they traded for Kyrie Irving. You know that whole thing by now. But put it this way. The Celtics couldn't get Anthony Davis before this deadline. They couldn't get him this season. They have to wait till the summer. The Lakers did not... They wanted to get Anthony Davis right now, not just because of that, but also because they wanted to win right now. They want to win right now. Um... But, I mean, that Anthony Davis story did take on a life of its own, and, and it was the major story. Anthony Davis was the biggest name, but he was not moved. And now we'll get into this summer. You know, who, who will land Anthony Davis? He's going somewhere. Anthony Davis, though, he does have another year left on his contract. I mean, if you're the Pelicans and you really wanted to get nuts, you don't have to move him. You don't have to move him. They will move him this summer, though. They will. I mean, I, I, I can't envision a situation in which the Pelicans don't move Anthony Davis this summer. Then he'll really be mad. Then his agent will really be upset. Maybe then they sit out the season and it gets ugly. I don't know. I think the Pelicans will move Anthony Davis. Where do they move him to? Everybody thinks it's, it's going to be the Celtics. Everybody thinks now that Anthony Davis was not traded before the deadline this Thursday, yesterday, that Anthony Davis will now end up in Boston. I'm not so sure about that. I'm really not. I mean, I still think it could be L.A. I think it could be New York. The Knicks. Who knows who could sneak in? Some people have thrown out San Antonio as a team to keep an eye out for. Maybe there's another team out there that I'm not thinking about that could acquire Anthony Davis. I mean, yeah, the Celtics do have a great trade package if they wanted to put it together for Anthony Davis. But, but again, we've heard that Anthony Davis does not want to re-up with the Celtics. And you also have to wonder about Kyrie Irving. 
and what his future is. We think we know what's going to happen with the Celtics. I don't think we really have any idea. Does Danny Ainge have an idea? I'd like to think Danny Ainge is a pretty good idea. However, Danny Ainge was on Boston Sports Radio this morning. On this Friday, February 8th, he was on 98.5 The Sports Hub with Toucher and Rich this morning, as he always does and calls in with them. And he was asked about Kyrie and his situation and how earlier in the year Kyrie was at an event and he told everybody, and it's on video, that he was going to sign with the Celtics. And then Kyrie was asked about uh, tr- was asked about a rumor a couple weeks ago. Was it last week? I'm losing track of time with the Super Bowl. Super Bowl just took over. When the, when the Patriots are in the Super Bowl, it takes over my brain, and I don't, I don't know what else is going on in the world because all I care about is Patriots, Super Bowl, get me to Super Bowl Sunday, and it just takes over my brain. I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but you know the story. Rick Buca from the Bleacher Report, he reported that Kyrie Irving was genuinely interested in joining LeBron with the Lakers this summer as a free agent, signing with the Lakers. And when there's a report like that from a respectable reporter, Rick Buca, I mean, he's broken news before, he's well-connected in the NBA. When someone like that breaks a story like this, with sources close saying, well, Kyrie's genuinely interested, and then you had the, the stuff previously where Kyrie was, you know, apologizing to LeBron... I mean, that's something that is going to be asked about. Kyrie's going to be asked about that. And when he was asked about it, you know, he went off in this rant. He's like, ah, you know, I'm going to make a decision that's best for me and my family. And, and, and then he, he finished it by saying, I don't owe anyone shit. I don't owe anybody shit. Some people took that to mean that Kyrie was talking about he doesn't owe the media shit. He doesn't know it to any of the media to keep answering the same question and telling them what he's going to do this this summer. I mean, I th- it might have had some that might have been part of it. But I also think if if you I, I've listened to the whole to to the whole segment, I've listened to the whole soundbite, I've read the whole quote, I've done it multiple times before and after. He's talking about his business decisions. I mean, I, I think he it might be a little of both. Here's the deal. Kyrie Irving is right. He doesn't owe anybody shit. He never demanded trade me to the Celtics. I want to play there. I want to finish my career in Boston. He never said that. He wanted out of Cleveland. He gave Cleveland a list of teams. You know, the initial reports did not have the Celtics on that list. On that list of teams Kyrie wanted to be traded to. My point is, Kyrie, if 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 he did mean when he said, I don't owe anybody shit, if he did mean... He doesn't owe the Celtics shit. Then he's right. Like, I almost agree with him. He doesn't owe the Celtics shit. He doesn't owe Danny Ainge anything. What does Kyrie owe Danny Ainge? Nothing. Nothing. This is a business at the end of the day. And Kyrie is going to make the best business decision for him and his family. Fine. I don't even know. You know, if people are coming at me on Twitter being like, oh, he didn't mean that. He was talking about the media. He doesn't owe the media shit. He didn't mean he doesn't owe the Celtics shit. Well, if he did mean he doesn't owe the Celtics shit, I, I actually I actually agree with him. I'm not even I'm not even mad at him for saying that. What I'm what I'm upset with Kyrie for for saying or, or maybe not saying is when you are asked about your future again because of the LeBron James Lakers report from Rick Buca, it's a pretty big report. That's why he's asked about this stuff. 
And he hasn't signed an extension with the Celtics. So when that report comes out, he's going to be asked about it. Like, to me, what I don't understand and what gets me upset is, if you are going to come back to the Celtics, what's preventing you from just saying it again? Like, what's the big deal? Are you negotiating? Like, you're not negotiating with anybody. The Celtics can give you more money than anybody else because of the CBA uh, salary rules in the NBA. Celtics can give Kyrie Irving more money than anybody else. And you know the Celtics are going to give Kyrie more money than anybody else. If the Celtics maybe weren't going to give Kyrie that max deal and Kyrie wanted it, then maybe Kyrie, you know, I can understand the method to his madness. It's like, hey, I'm in a negotiation. I'm not going to show my hand and tell everybody I'm signing here. And and I'm not sticking to that narrative. Because I, I want the Celtics to get in a bidding war with someone. You know, there's a negotiation at play here. I'm not going to show my hand. You know, if that was the situation, I could understand not answering the question after a report that says you're going to run off to Los Angeles and play with LeBron James. Weeks after you told us that, you, you know, you, you guys are friends. You call them apologizing for shit. I mean, when a report like that comes out and you're asked about it and you answer it the way Kyrie answered it, it's just like, it was just, I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Because it's not like he's negotiating with anybody. He's going to get the max deal from the Celtics if he wants it. So what's what's the point? What's the point in, like, what's the problem? Which is saying, yeah, guys, shut up. I'll be here. I'm staying here. Okay? We're building a winner with the Celtics. And and you know what? There are guys that, that we want to come here. You know, if hey, LeBron's tampering. <laughs> why don't you why does he why can't Kyrie say he's staying and why can't he tamper? Why can't he why can't he throw out all this stuff about how great it is to, you know, uh, Anthony Davis, maybe you should come here without maybe saying his name. Whatever. All that stuff, it frustrates me, okay? But you have that, and now Danny Ainge is in position where he has to answer for it again this time of year, around the trade deadline. Danny Ainge was on 98.5 The Sports Hub this morning. He was asked about it, and he said that Kyrie, you know, he said people thought that the Kyrie-Celtics relationship was a marriage. That's what he said. He says it was a marriage. People thought it was a marriage. He said, it's not a, but in reality, it's not a marriage yet. It's an engagement. They're just engaged. It's an engagement, and the wedding is scheduled for July 1st. That, that's, what, that's what Danny Ainge said this morning. And my advice from, I don't see, I don't like hearing that, because my advice from personal experience is that you can talk about marriage all you want. And that doesn't mean she won't eventually decide to pack up and head west, okay? That, that, so, and that's coming, that's my own personal experience. You can talk about marriage all you want. That does not mean she's going to eventually pack up and say, see you later. All right? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know how I feel about that analogy. But all eyes will be on Kyrie. But the last couple days, all eyes were on Anthony Davis. And now that Anthony Davis was not traded, people are saying, well, Anthony Davis could end up with the Celtics. But does Anthony Davis want to sign with the Celtics? Reports have said he doesn't. Reports have, reports have said he wants to go to L.A. So, this summer, Danny Ainge, there's a lot on his plate. 
He's got to re-sign Kyrie. He's got to convince Kyrie to stay. Because I, it does not sound like he's convinced. Kyrie's convinced. He's sticking around. Um, and then he's got to trade for Anthony Davis. Does, does, if, if Danny Ainge wanted to throw contracts and extensions and negotiations out the window, does he have the best deal to offer New Orleans out of anybody in the league? I mean, it looks like it. But, it, but, but then when you do factor in the contracts, and I absolutely think that you have to, do you give up what New Orleans will want from you? Because New Orleans is going to be, you know, it's all about leverage. It's going gonna, it's gonna to all be about leverage. And New Orleans is going to go to the Celtics and say, hey, look what, we're, look what we're offering from the Lakers. Look at what this team's offering us. Can you beat this? And the Celtics will say, well, of course we can beat it. But are we going to add Jason Tatum to a trade when we don't know that we can re-sign Anthony Davis? It might be a one-year rental with Anthony Davis. Like, are we going to give you Tatum? You know, that's a question Danny Ainge is going to have to ask himself. And do you want my answer for that? And I think people, if you listen to me, you know, I'm, I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not giving up Jason Tatum. Especially not for a rental. Now, if you told me Anthony Davis, all right, ready? If you told me Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis are both signing up long-term, the longest terms that they could with the Celtics. Obviously, I would do everything in my power to not give up Jason Tatum. I would do everything in my power to not give up Jason Tatum. But would I, if I knew they were both going to get signed? Probably. Probably. Even though I don't really want to give up, I don't want to give up Tatum at all. But if you tell me Anthony Davis will stick around, and Kyrie needs to be part of that, like, it can't be you trade for Anthony Davis, sign him to the long-term extension, and 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 Kyrie goes to L.A. No, then I'm not trading Tatum. I'm, I'm not. I only trade Tatum on one condition. Kyrie signs a long-term deal, and there's an agreement with Anthony Davis that he is also going to sign a long-term extension. The problem with that is I don't think Anthony Davis is going to do that. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to do that. And I am not giving up Tatum for a rental for Davis, even if it means you could bring Davis here and convince him that this is a great place. I mean, I think a package of Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, the Memphis pick, one of your own picks, that's better than what the Lakers are giving him. And I think you need to stand your ground on that if you're Danny Angel. Say, we're not also going to give you Tatum. We're renting Anthony Davis. You know, I'd still trade Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, the Memphis pick, you know. I would still do that. Um, who knows? Second half of this year, maybe Robert Williams, maybe maybe his trade value goes up. I mean, you know, Smart. I love Marcus Smart. I told you Smart's untouchable. We weren't talking about Anthony Davis when I was telling you Smart's untouchable. We were talking about uh, some other guys who were borderline all-stars, big names. Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart is not untouchable. Jason Tatum is the only untouchable to me on this Celtics team if we're talking about an Anthony Davis rental or if we're talking about Anthony Davis long-term extension and Kyrie goes somewhere else. The only way I'm trading Tatum is if I'm being forced to trade Tatum. And the only way I'm being forced to trade Tatum is if I have the luxury of both signing Kyrie Irving to a long-term extension and get in the extension long-term with Anthony Davis after the trade. 
during the trade, as part of the trade. There'd obviously need to be a window where you negotiate with Anthony Davis's agent. Again, I just don't see that happening. I mean, just look at Kyrie's situation. He's not re-signing right now because he sees money that he's leaving on the table if he does. He wants to wait until after the season. He can make more money if he signs after the season. You know, the Celtics can go to Anthony Davis and say, well, you can make more money with us when you're with us as part of the bird rights and all that CBA stuff that I don't really want to get into because some of it I just don't understand. I just accept when people tell me that's the case. You can make more with the Celtics if you traded here. But it's going to... I mean, Danny Ainge has some tough decisions to make. It, it could go it could go any way. But in my opinion, the real... When it comes to this Anthony Davis, the real name that we should all be talking about is Jason Tatum. Because Tatum, to me, is a stud. He's a stud. And, you know, what's funny about the Tatum stuff is, yesterday, before the deadline, um... Markel Fultz was traded to the Orlando Magic. (laughs) Markel Fultz traded to Orlando for Jonathan Simmons, a protected 2020 first-round pick via OKC, and a 2019 second-round pick. Think about that. The Celtics, I I was telling the Celtics should have taken Fultz based on what I saw with Fultz in college. I don't know what they did with Fultz in Philly. I don't. I actually don't blame that all on Fultz. You know, they're changing his shot around. Like, who's the genius that said, "Hey, uh, number one overall pick, we're going to change the way he shoots"? Who's that genius? I mean, talk about somebody who just thinks a little too highly of themselves and their own basketball knowledge, telling the number one overall pick to change his shot, It'll ruin the kid. Uh, is he ruined for good? Who knows? I mean, I wish him the best, but obviously, Danny Ainge made the right decision. By trading out of that spot and, you know, ended up taking Jason Tatum, right? So, uh, Tatum is a stud. I don't want to trade him. I think that when you break this all down this summer, Jason Tatum is going to be the key piece because the question will be, do you trade him for a rental? If you can't get Anthony Davis to sign the long-term extension, do you take the shot with Anthony Davis? I would love to still take the shot with Anthony Davis, just not if it's going to cost you Tatum. Just not if it's going to cost you Tatum. So, um, it's going to get nuts. You know, the other thing with the Anthony Davis stuff, and I don't mean to stick with Anthony Davis for too long because there's a lot to talk about, but, I mean, there's just something I need to get off my chest with this Anthony Davis trade stuff. And that's... Is anybody, like, taken back as to how big of a dickhead Anthony Davis looks like right now? Like, is anybody... Like, I know we're all obsessed with his talent and his size and and the potential that him and Kyrie together for the next five, six years, uh, that, that, you know, the number of championships they could win with this Celtics team if they were together. You know, we're all so obsessed with that thought. Is anybody taking a step back and going, wow, Anthony Davis looks like a big-time dickhead right now? He does. You know, think about Anthony Davis in New Orleans. He's got to go back to the team and be like, hey, guys, let's go. We're five and a half games out of the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Which, by the way, is an impossible. It's not impossible. It's not an impossible task. If you got, especially if you got Anthony Davis. But yet, 
the Anthony Davis campaign, you know, the, his whole party has been like, oh, we want out. Not only do we want out, not only are we definitely leaving after next season. Again, Anthony Davis is not a free agent this summer. People think that he's not. He has another year left under his contract. And if he wanted to, he's a player option after that. You know, if Anthony Davis sat there and said, I still want to do two more years after this in New Orleans, he could. He could. And if, you know, if he wanted to make more money than, any, uh, th- than anywhere else, he would make it in New Orleans. Anthony Davis is another year left in his contract. And yet he's demanded a trade before this year's trade deadline. And everybody's so obsessed with wanting to trade for him. I don't think anybody's really taking a step back going, he's 25 years old. He hasn't won anything in this league. And he still has another year left in his contract and he's already demanding a trade. You know, it is kind of a bad look for the kid. <laughs> it is. You put your team in a tough spot. I mean, you're, you're really a bad teammate. You're, that's what you, I mean, you're a bad teammate right now. <laughs> you're going back to one. You're a bad teammate. And, you know, it's not like he's this 31, 32-year-old veteran, you know, 10-year, 12-year veteran who's just starving for a championship. Like, like people bring in the Kevin Garnett stuff with regards to the, the trade and the extension. And, um, you know, Garnett, I, can't, I cannot compare the two, and here's why. Kevin Garnett played 12 seasons in Minnesota. 12. 12 seasons in Minnesota. He was starving for a championship. Kevin Garnett, beginning in his second year in the league, took the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs for eight straight years. Minnesota, with Garnett, beginning in his second NBA season, took Minnesota. Garnett took Minnesota to the playoffs eight straight years. They went to one Western Conference Finals. And, you know, you bring it back to Anthony Davis and you're like, all right, he hasn't done that. He's, he's been in the league half as long. Anthony Davis, he's 25. He's made two playoff appearances in six years. And, I mean, he really hasn't won anything in this league. And he still has another year left in his contract. You know, Kevin Garnett was... You know, it was getting late for him, and he wanted to have a chance to win. And he spent a lot of time in Minnesota. Um, what Anthony Davis is not Kevin Garnett with regards to longevity in the league, with regards to his veteran status, uh, with regards to even what he's done with the team that he was drafted with and, and, and has really grown up with here in the last five, six years. I mean, you know, it, it's just... Yeah, I do need to, you need to take a step back and, and wonder what, what you are getting still, you know, and, 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 and that fact is in again to, to the Tatum stuff. Are you putting Tatum on the, is he on the table? Is he not on the table? Where do you stand with Tatum? Um, it, it Anthony Davis, it's just, it seems odd. And I know people will say, well, it's really his agent. You know, his agent is driving this, and that's the same agent as LeBron, and it's basically LeBron driving this whole thing. Is it? Anthony Davis could easily say to his agent, you're out, I'm getting a new agent. <laughs> and, and, and Anthony Davis is not going to lose money. Anthony Davis might even, he might make money. Maybe he gets an agent that he doesn't have to pay as much to, right? Like, 
Don't tell me that the kid can't get another agent and make just as much, if not more money. He can. He doesn't. Look, for people who don't, don't think Anthony Davis is on board with everything that his agent has done or said over the last couple of weeks, I think you're nuts. I think he is. He might even be the driving force. And it's just it's kind of a bad look for the kid, I think. It's kind of a bad look for the kid. He is not Kevin Garnett. When it comes to what have you done for the team that you that that drafted you? What what have you done in that city? What have you won in this league? Garnett went to the playoffs eight straight years, could not get over that hump, did everything he could for that Timberwolves team that drafted him to 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 get them a championship, took them, battled, clawed all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Has Anthony Davis done that? Honestly, has Anthony Davis done that? No. And it ha- it's not even close. Two playoff appearances in the last six years? Look, the numbers are phenomenal. But you're sitting there with a New Orleans team right now. He's got another year left on his deal. They're five and a half games out of the eighth seed. You got Anthony Davis. Anything's possible, right? He's a stud. Oh, go make it happen. Instead, he wants out. It's a bad look for the kid. He he hasn't battled, grinded, and scratched and clawed his way, fighting for a championship with New Orleans. He spent five, six years there and said, eh, I'm done. It says something. I, you know, it, it factors in to my thought process here on what you're giving up. Because some people have said, oh, I, you know, you talk about Tatum. You don't want to add Tatum to a deal. I thought the same thing about Al Jefferson. I will tell you, I did not feel the same way I felt about Al Jefferson as I feel about Jason Tatum. Tommy Heinsohn might have, <laughs> and you might have listened to Tommy Heinsohn talk about Big Al. I always kind of rolled my eyes at some of that stuff. I liked Al Jefferson. I never thought he, I, I never put him in the same category as Jason Tatum. No way. So, you got to factor it all in, man. You got to factor it all in. I just think all this stuff, Anthony Davis is going to get moved this summer. The question is who he gets moved to, what he gets moved for, and whether or not he's willing to sign the extension. And uh, you got you to factor in everything. And I just think all this stuff over the last couple of weeks, kind of a bad look for a kid who is not in the same situation that Kevin Garnett was in. He is not Kevin Garnett. I'm sorry. It's just, it's not. Kevin Garnett would be taking that Pelicans team to the playoffs every year. He would. Kevin Garnett would 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 be somebody that five and a half games out. I mean, it's just different. It's different. two different situations. It is. Don't even compare the two. Honestly, don't even compare the two. Um, But the Celtics, it's going to get interesting for them. It is. It's not just this offseason. It's going to get interesting for them the rest of this season because the Eastern Conference, there were moves. And I think the biggest move... In the East, I think the biggest move in the East was Marcus Saul going to Toronto. You know, there was a lot of talk about Memphis and, and what they were going to do with maybe Mike Conley. Mike Conley, <laughs> he is in Memphis still. He did not get traded. He was the talk of the town. He did not get traded. Instead, Marcus Saul gets traded to Toronto. And I think that's the biggest move. Out of all the moves that were made, I think that's the biggest move. Because the Raptors, right now, they are the two seed in the East, they got 40 wins. Uh, they're a game, a game and a half behind Milwaukee, the one seed. Both Milwaukee and Toronto are 40 wins. Um, I think that's the biggest move. Gasol to Toronto. Now, you talk about big, big men, bigs in the league. The Celtics, 
They made a minor move that could open up a spot for a big. The Celtics did trade Jabari Bird to Atlanta. They sent him to Atlanta, and it frees up really for the purpose of freeing up a roster spot. You know, you got these buyouts. You get these guys that are going to be put on waivers who are not going to get claimed. Ennis Kanta is one of those guys. He was waived by the Knicks. 26-year-old, 7-footer. He's making 18 mil this season. He's a free agent this summer. He's placed on waivers. He's not going to get claimed because of the money, because of the 18 mil. So he's going to have a chance to sign anywhere he wants the rest of this season. And a lot of the reports have the Celtics linked to Ennis Cantor. Absolutely. Bring Ennis Cantor in. I think that's a no-brainer. It's looking like that's going to be the case. I mean, Cantor's got better numbers than Al Horford the last two years, right? Uh, Cantor averaging 14 and 10. Um... So, go get him. Yeah, bring him in. Absolutely. You've fr- you freed up the roster spot by sending Jabari Bird to Atlanta. Cantor's way by the Knicks. He could sign anywhere he wants if he's not claimed. I don't think he's going to be claimed. He makes too much money. It's looking like Ennis Cantor's going to sign with the Celtics. Um, as I'm recording this right now on this Friday morning, February 8th, I, I do not know what the official status is with that. So, whatever happens over the weekend, I'll break it down on Monday's podcast. But it is looking like Ennis Cantor will end up with the Celtics, that'll be a good move for the Seas. Uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them, though, because, again, Toronto got better with Marc Gasol. How will that, how will they work together? I We'll have to wait and see. You know, you, you can't just make the trade, add the big name. You know, you, you got to make it work chemistry-wise. How will it work chemistry-wise uh, with Toronto? Again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but... That's what we had with the NBA. And then after the trade deadline was all said and done, we had a couple of things going on. We had the the All-Star draft, which I did watch. It was on TNT. I watched it. I enjoyed it. Um, here's what I would do differently, though. See, what they did was they, they had LeBron and the Greek Freak on a split screen making their picks. What I would do is... I would wait, see, I would wait to do the All-Star Draft during All-Star Weekend. Like, I would do it that Thursday or Friday night. And I would have everybody in the same spot. And I would have LeBron go up to the podium and the Greek Freak go up to the podium, make their picks, have the player come up, get his jersey, have the trash talk, and I would have them all in the same room. You know, you couldn't have them all in the same room now because you did it now during the season, right? when games are being played. If you waited to do this, and maybe they do this next year. Maybe they're building this. This is the first year they did it on TV. Do it next year at the site of the All-Star weekend, the All-Star event, and have everybody in the same room. But I did enjoy watching on TV, and I don't know what the Greek freak was doing when he drafted, because he did not draft, you know, outside of taking Curry with his first pick. I mean, he basically is handing the All-Star game to LeBron. LeBron's team is stacked. LeBron took Kevin Durant with the first overall pick. Then the Greek Freak took Steph Curry. And then LeBron took Kyrie Irving. Um, And then the Greek Freak, you know, he threw a jab because LeBron took Anthony Davis and the Greek Freak said, isn't that tampering? And we all got a good laugh after that. Um, But I watched it. It was... It was funny, but they should all be in the same room for it. And then I watched the Celtics lose to the Lakers. 
And this game ended with a Rajon Rondo buzzer beater after there was a rebound the Celtics could not grab, after there was a whistle that I thought was blown. I tweeted this out last night. I heard a whistle as Brandon Ingram drove to the basket one-on-one with Al Horford. Ingram drives down the right side, comes underneath the basket baseline and throws it up. Didn't get it. Good defense by Big Al. I heard a whistle. And I put the video on Twitter. Every time I listen and watch the video, I hear that whistle. You know, you have all the NBA refs on Twitter coming at me going, no, no, he he didn't have his hand up. Or the refs blow the whistle and it's synced up to the game clock. You know, the clock would have stopped. The clock never stopped. When I heard the whistle, there was four and a half seconds left. Ingram couldn't finish. Nice defense on Horford. But then Horford couldn't grab the rebound. And the rebound squirts out to Rajon Rondo, who buries the game-winning jumper. I tweeted out, I did hear a whistle. Either way, how you know, the whistle, whistle, no whistle. The game played on. Rondo hit, Rondo hit the bucket. There was a couple things that, that I didn't like there. One, Horford's got to grab that rebound. Okay? Horford's got to grab that rebound. He couldn't. Even Kyrie kind of runs by the rebound. Like, you got to get that board. You have to. They don't. Rondo gets it, makes the shot. But before Ingram even takes the ball to the hoop, the Celtics took a one-point lead with a Kyrie Irving layup, drove to the basket with, what, 11 seconds left, I think? 11 and a half seconds left? The Celtics obviously were down one entering that possession. Celtics were coming off a full timeout, down one. Shot clock is off. Why are you not taking the last shot of the game? That's my question. I don't, that's what I didn't understand. Like, why are you not taking the last shot? You have a full timeout. You're in your own building. You got LeBron James on the other end. Especially knowing LeBron's on the other end. I'm taking the last shot in my building. Down one. Last shot. Full timeout, taking the last shot. Right? Why didn't they do that? I I don't know. Kyrie, instead, took it to the basket with like 11 seconds left. Nice drive. Nice finish. Celtics take a one-point lead. A lot of time left on the clock. Didn't have to do that. Shot clock was off. You could have had the last shot of the game. You could have drew up a play. I, I don't understand why they didn't do that. Now, if you're not going to do that, if you're drawing up a play where it's like, you know what, we're gonna take a we're gonna take an early shot and then play some defense. Why are you taking Marcus Smart off the court for Gordon Hayward? Why are you doing that? Smart is your best defender. He's an animal. Really the heart and soul of the team, especially on the defensive end. Why are you taking Marcus Smart off the court? That makes no sense to me. So not much of it made sense from a coaching perspective, from a decision-making perspective from, from Kyrie on their final off, you know, offensive possession. And then from a rebounding perspective after Ingram misses the shot, you got to grab that board. But, you know, going back to the Celtics, you're coming off the timeout. To me, you're taking the last shot. Shot clock's off. You have the last shot. You are not giving the ball back to LeBron James. I know LeBron didn't take the final shot, but in theory, you're thinking he might. Don't give it back to LeBron. You're at home. Take the last shot. You get Kyrie Irving, the best, arguably the best finisher in the game. 
But if you're going to drop a play and say, take it to the hoop early, why are you taking Marcus Smart off the court? If you're gonna if you if you're saying we're gonna score early and play defense, why is Smart on the bench? And he was on the bench, right? Un- unless I'm missing something there. I didn't see him out there on that final play. Um I don't understand that. But Celtics lose the game, and it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss. But you gotta pick up, you gotta move on. Celtics right now, the fourth seed in the East, 35 wins, 20 losses. They are six games out of the top spot. Uh, They are one game out of the third spot, Indiana in front of them. Obviously, we know Indiana has had injuries. So, I I mean, the Celtics, I could see them moving up to the three spot at some point. Still, uh, Philly, they are six and a half games out of the top spot, and they're a half game behind the Celtics, so they're still in the race. But after that, you got Brooklyn. 12 and a half games out of the top spot. So really, it's just a six-team race for the top spot in the East. And I don't even know if it's that. It might just be a two-team race. Milwaukee and Toronto. Toronto's a game and a half behind the number one seed Bucks. So the NBA, it's about to pick up. We don't have to talk about crazy in-season trades anymore. Now we just focus on what the Celtics have and their current roster and what they could do here moving forward. But... In the last month or so, I've seen some bad decisions from Brad Stevens. I've seen some poor execution late in games from the Celtics. And those are two things that they need to fix, especially if they want to have a shot in a much improved Eastern Conference with the presence of Kawhi Leonard, now with the presence of Marc Gasol. Uh, Philly added, added a couple players. You know, Milwaukee is a team that only has 13 losses, and they seem like an exciting, hungry bunch led by the Greek Freak, who's having a great season. So uh, it should be interesting here down the stretch, and I'll certainly be paying attention to that a lot. But uh, I've also been paying attention to what's been going on in the NFL in the aftermath of the Patriots winning Super Bowl 53. Uh, I'm still trying to take it all in, still trying to embrace it as much as I can. I did watch the Patriots parade on Tuesday. I didn't I watched it on TV. I the last parade I was at was 2007 Red was the 2007 Red Sox parade. The, mo- the most forgotten about championship team in the history of Boston sports. The two, the Josh Beckett and the 2007 World Series champion Red Sox. Great team, by the way. Great comeback in the playoffs against Cleveland. Josh Beckett taking a team on his back. I mean, you know, it's the big hits from J.D. Drew. I mean, that was a, that was a great team. People forget about him. That was the last parade I was at. I went to the old four, I went to the first Patriots one. Um, or the it was a rat. Was it a rally? Just a rally in City Hall. I, I forget. I, I I went to the first... Whatever they had for that first Patriots team, I went. The 4 Red Sox. I went to that parade. That was a parade, yep. The Duck Boats. And then I went to the 7 parade. Which I can recall, I was on Boylston Street, and it was not... It was not what you saw with this latest Patriots parade. So, um, it was a wacky parade. A ton of people showed up. I, I was not there. I only watch them on TV now. I Honestly, like, I I do think that you should, if you've never been to one of these championship parades, and I sound so spoiled saying that, if you've never been to one of these championship parades, you, you 
you should go to one. Like, you should go to 102. But after that, I, I, you don't need to go to every one. I don't need to go to every one. You probably couldn't pay me enough right now to end up going to one. Will you see another one? Who knows? Will you see one next year for the Patriots? I don't know. Maybe. They're not done. They are not done. Gronk is not done. I'm telling you right now, Gronk is not done. They are going to convince him to come back. Um, He actually might have leaked something on Jimmy Fallon the other night. Gronk was on Jimmy Fallon, and he was asked about the parade, and Gronk was talking about how he had to, you know, duck and dodge beer cans that were being thrown at him. I didn't see any videos of that. I don't know if he's exaggerating or not, but what he did say was, you know, dodging beer cans, it's good practice for next season. And he might have slipped a little bit. He said it's good practice for next season. Maybe there was a little slippage by Gronk. But um, whatever the case, I do think Gronk will be back. He might tease retirement to maybe get that uh, added incentive to his contract. You know, the Patriots added, what, $4.5 million in incentives to his contract before last season. And maybe they'll do the same this year. I could see them doing the same. I could see him uh, maybe holding out for the same. Gronk will be back, in my opinion. They will talk him into it. He'll be back. But, uh, you know, that's something I'm I'm certainly going to keep an eye out for with this Patriots team moving forward. And during the week, a lot of people have been making their case for Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame. And I've made that case for you on this show and in my column this week for the Boston Metro. But it's funny, you know, as people make their case and as I think of my case for Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame, I, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. And it's not just because of the championships he has. He's now got three Super Bowl rings. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. But it's also those performances in those championship games. It's his performances in the playoffs. And it's not just offensively. You know, offensively, it's not just receiving. Julian Edelman, he has thrown a touchdown in the playoffs with his arm. I mean, it's crazy. Against Baltimore a couple years ago. Remember that game? He threw, was it the little double pass? He threw the touchdown? Um, But it's not just offensively, which is even crazier than that. 2012 against Baltimore in the AFC Championship for the 2011 season. Julian Edelman. And I had to go watch this video to refresh my memory uh, because I knew it was there. I knew he did it. Julian Edelman in the 2012 AFC Championship, the year they won that game, Billy Cundiff misses the field goal at Gillette. Patriots win, go to the Super Bowl, obviously lose to the Giants for the second time. But that AFC Championship, Julian Edelman in the second half was put on the defensive end. Now, That's not the news. Edelman had played defense that year. And if you go back to the highlights, you know, there's defensive highlights of him, like making big tackles on third down, uh, you know, him coming in on blitzes, hitting the quarterback. Like, it's funny to watch now, seeing what type of offensive player he's been in the playoffs. But in that 2012 AFC Championship, go back and watch the highlights. Julian Edelman is given the responsibility of covering Anquan Bolden one-on-one man coverage in the second half of the AFC Championship. They got him on Anquan Bolden. The same Anquan Bolden who who really should have won Super Bowl MVP the next year. 
The next year, Baltimore won the Super Bowl. They beat San Fran. Bolden was nails. He was awesome throughout the whole playoffs. Had a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They gave the MVP to Flacco because he threw three touchdowns in that game, in that Super Bowl game against San Fran. But there could have been a co-MVP, and it should have been Anquan Bolden. But the year before that, in the AFC Championship, Edelman replaced Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib for the Patriots got hurt. Got taken out of that game. Was it hamstring or something? Got hurt in the first half. Edelman comes in, second half, on Anquan Bolden. Now, Bolden, with Edelman on him, scored a touchdown. But if you watch that play, and I've watched it over and over again, I'm convinced there was a switch. There was a little pick play at the line of scrimmage. I'm convinced Edelman made the right read, and the linebacker who was also on that defensive play made the wrong read. I'm convinced of it. I've watched it a million times. I don't even think that was on Edelman. I think he played it the right way, switching guys. Um, based on how that defense w- formation looked. But Edelman was on Bolden. And he he honestly forced Flacco to go to different places on third downs in the second half because Edelman was, was, he was playing some good defense on Anquan Bolden. It's insane to think about. It's even funnier to watch. Go back and watch it. But you see something like that and you look at Edelman's whole story. Seventh round pick. Didn't get invited to the Combine. Could have went to the CFL to play quarterback if he wanted to still play quarterback. But then, you know, he signed on with, you know, he met, he met Don Yee, Brady's agent. And, uh, you know, Don Yee told him, he said, you can play in the NFL, but you got to switch positions. You can be a receiver. So Edelman turned into a receiver. Patriots drafted him. And if you read the excerpt in uh, Julian Edelman's book from a couple years ago, it, it's called Relentless, the memoir. It's with Tom E. Curran. And the story that Edelman tells in his book, Relentless, is that Bill Belichick called him during the seventh round of the draft and said, um, hey, Julian, it's Bill Belichick. Uh, we're, we're drafting you. We don't exactly know what we're going to do with you or where you're going to play, but we know you can play football. So uh, I'm going to hand it off to someone in the organization right now who's going to set you up with some stuff um, and give you some more information on, on when to come to Foxborough. And that was it. But Belichick said, we don't know where we're going to play you, but we know you can play football. <laughs> we know you can play football. That's beautiful. They didn't know what they were going to do with him. And and Belichick, I mean, that that's that's the truth. They had him on special teams. They had him on defense. They had him covering Anquan Bolden in the second half of the AFC Championship. Couple years later, he's Tom Brady's top dog. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's got three Super Bowl rings. What else do you want him to do? Special teams, defense, receiving. He's even thrown a touchdown pass. He's not done yet either. He's still here. He's not a Hall of Famer. Give me a break. Give me a break. He's a Hall of Famer. I've made my case. I continue to make my case. But what I will tell you is, if you want some entertaining footage, go back to watch highlights on NFL.com of that 2011-12 season. And Edelman defensive highlights are just hilarious. Like, he, he wasn't bad. He was good. What other guys do you know would, would do that? Would accept that role? You forget, like, Welka was there. Edelman replaced Welka. Remember when the, the Patriots weren't bringing back Welka? They're like, oh, they never get another Welka. It's like, well... 
Not only did he get another Welke, you get a guy who played better than Welke in the big games, in the championship games, in the in the playoff games. <laughs> you got a Hall of Famer. And a Hall of Famer who would not, I mean, would he be a Hall of Famer anywhere else? Man, it's just such a crazy story. I think you got to put him in the Hall of Fame for his story alone. I'm putting him in. That's my point. But go back and watch some highlights. You, you'll, I do think you'll enjoy it. Um, but but those are my those are some afterthoughts I have with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl and anything that happens in the offseason, I will react on this show. You know, the NFL is a 365-day schedule. They're always in the news for something. I'm sure something will go down in the next couple of days that we'll be talking about. Um, and I'm sure there's stuff that I missed because the Patriots are in the Super Bowl around the league. I'm sure there's stuff I missed on this show, but we'll get all caught up at some point. And speaking of getting all caught up, you kind of have to get yourself with, caught up with, you know, with pitches and catches in Major League Baseball reporting next week. You got to do some things to get yourself caught up with some Major League Baseball news. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Major League Baseball, the offseason, I've said this before to you, it used to be so fun. Big trades aren't even fun anymore. Forget about signings and big-name free agents. Forget about that. Forget about Bryce Hopper. Where's he going? Oh, he's meeting with San Fran. Nice. Manny Machado, still a free agent. Oh, he could go to the Yankees still. Nice. Forget about those things not being fun. Trades aren't even fun. All-star catcher JT Realmuto. Traded to the Mar- excuse me, traded from the Marlins to the Phillies. Realmuto traded to the Phillies for Jorge Alfaro, a catcher, and a couple of pitching prospects. This is a big trade. Realmuto's a nice player, 27 years old, all-star catcher. Uh 20 home runs, 75 RBIs last year. You know, I he can play some first base. It's a big move for the Phillies. Um it's kind of buried. It's like not a big deal. Big trades aren't even fun in Major League Baseball anymore. And now you got new rule proposals. In Major League Baseball, they're always proposing stuff and kicking the tires on things. One is stupid. One I'm okay with. The one I'm okay with is one of the rule proposals is that they have a universal DH. They bring the DH to the National League. I'm okay with that. Go ahead. I'm fine with it. Whatever. Uh, do it. Do it. The only thing I would say with that is you probably should have thought about this earlier in the year. Give some National League teams the proper time to maybe adjust accordingly with regards to the DH. Not really giving them much time to adjust. Um, but I'm okay with that in the DH in the National League. The The rule that's stupid that they're proposing, it's just dumb. Stop. A three-batter minimum... For relief pitchers. Like, if you're a relief pitcher next year and you come into a game, you have to face a minimum of three hitters. That's dumb. I don't like it. I really don't. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think that's changing the game too much. I I, I know people want to change, but is that really, I mean, is that the change people want? I don't like it. I think it's stupid. But we'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. We'll see what Major League Baseball does. We'll see what moves are made. We'll see where Hopper goes. We'll see where Machado goes. But um, anything that does happen, I'll react to it. But I also told you 
on this show that I was going to share my thoughts on the major news in the world of professional wrestling. So I'll close it out with that. Um, I only do wrestling stuff when it is major news. Like we are on the road to WrestleMania right now, which is a big time of year for wrestling and wrestling fans. And, um, you know, I will be doing a WrestleMania preview in the next couple months. I'll be getting Justin Barrasso from Sports Illustrated, who joins me before the big pay-per-views. He'll be back in right before WrestleMania. Uh, So it's a big time of year in the wrestling world. But there's a major news story in pro wrestling that actually doesn't involve WrestleMania. And that is that Kenny Omega has officially signed with All Elite Wrestling. Kenny Omega, one of the biggest stars in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world, I've told you many times on this show, I'm one of his biggest fans. I wanted to see him in WWE. He is not going to WWE, at least not right now, and probably not ever. Because he's sticking with his boys. Uh, I guess you could call him loyal, right? Maybe to a fault, as he's sticking with the Young Bucks. He's sticking with Cody Rhodes. Uh, He's going to go to All Elite Wrestling. This isn't really a shock. You know, I say big news, not maybe... Not necessarily shocking news. If you've been paying attention to pro wrestling, and especially Omega and the Bucks and Cody Rhodes and All Elite Wrestling, now to get you caught up, All Elite Wrestling is an organization that was launched by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks from Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro, and it's being funded by Tony Khan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, so they got money. They signed Chris Jericho to a monster contract. They're looking at a TV deal they're saying they're going to get. They're trying to compete with WWE, and they have a real shot to do that, I think because of the money that's being thrown into this. But here's my beef with All Elite Wrestling, to go along with my thoughts on Kenny Omega signing there. It's already too predictable. It's already too predictable. It is. And uh, they had a little rally in Vegas last night. I didn't... Could you watch it? I didn't watch it. I was watching the Celtics-Lakers... But they had a rally, and the big news was that Kenny Omega showed up, went face-to-face with Chris Jericho at this little press conference in Vegas to announce uh, the ticket sales for their double-on-nothing pay-per-view at the MGM Grand. And then Omega, Jericho, they get face-to-face, and then they start going at it. They start fighting in the middle of it. You know, the guys come over, they got to break it up. It's predictable. Like I said, Omega to AEW is not shocking. We know those are his boys. Um, you know, people told us that he was going there. I didn't want to believe it. I wanted Omega in WWE. But since he's going to AEW, his first feud is going to be with Chris Jericho. Like, we already saw that. And I think we all knew that if Omega was going to AEW, that that would probably be his first feud. And now it is. We know it is. It's official. Too predictable. You know, it's been... My problem with WWE over the last handful of years is that they're too predictable. I thought WWE has done a nice job, at least over the last year and a half, of, at times, getting away from their predictability. Being somewhat unpredictable at times. I've applauded WWE in those situations. AEW, if they want to compete with WWE, a road that they need to go down is to get away from being predictable. It's a problem they're going to have, though. Here's a problem they're going to run into. And I already see it. I already sense it. I already don't like it. 
this problem. I already don't like this one problem that they're having. Is that this thing is being announced, it's being run. Sure, it's being funded by Tony Khan. But it's being announced and it's being run and it's being led by the wrestlers. It's being led by the talent. Is that a good thing for the product? It's being led by the Young Bucks. It's being led by Cody Rhodes. It's being really led by Chris Jericho. They're leading the charge. They're trying to promote while trying to come up with creative ideas for their first pay-per-view. And yet the ideas that they're coming up with, they're not only predictable, but they're kind of corny. Like, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of like, all right, we know you're running this together, Cody Rhodes and the Bucks, and and even in a sense Jericho and Omega, and now you're all gonna you're all gonna fight each other. Like now, you, are you ever gonna be in feuds? And when you're in a feud, like it's just gonna be a predictable feud because everybody knows at the end of the day, none of this exists without you guys really working together behind the scenes. Like, and I know it's pro wrestling, right? It's storyline driven. Um, the results are predetermined. It's all written ahead of time. I get it. But sometimes you would like some surprise to go along with it. It's just, they're going to have a tough time not being predictable because of the way it, the whole organization is run by the talent. Right? So, it's already kind of corny. Like, it's already, you're already too predictable for me. I'm already not liking it. And you know what? Am I a little biased? Sure. I wanted to see Kenny Omega in the WWE. And I actually think, and and he doesn't, obviously someone like Kenny Omega could care less what someone like me thinks back here in Boston just with a podcast expressing my thoughts in the world of pro wrestling. But I'm one of his biggest fans. And as one of his biggest fans, and as a fan of wrestling, professional wrestling, I feel... With Kenny Omega going to AEW, I feel robbed as a wrestling fan. I do. I feel robbed. I feel robbed of seeing the best wrestler in the world, the best, you know, the best in the world at at what he does on the mic, in the ring. I feel robbed of seeing the best in the world on the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania. I feel robbed of that as a wrestling fan, as an Omega fan. I feel robbed of it. I feel robbed of a match that I think we all thought was one day going to happen on the grandest stage of them all. Omega versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. If you had asked me a year ago, two years ago, I would have told you, absolutely. Omega will find himself in WWE. Are they making strides with New Japan coming to the U.S.? Yeah. But does the what is the rest? And that's cool to see. Because I like New Japan. New Japan Pro. But as a wrestling fan, growing up with WWE, knowing how big WrestleMania still is and will always be, WWE's not going anywhere. They're always going to be the top dog. I'm telling you right now. To to not see Omega go there is... It sucks. I mean, I'll be honest. It sucks. It sucks. And now he's got he, he's in this feud with Jericho again. And uh, it's funny because I think that if Chris Jericho three years ago, if he would have given advice to Omega on his future, I think, I think Jericho probably would have said, even two years ago, I think he probably would have said, you know what? 
go to WWE and go experience WrestleMania. Go do that. Even if it's just one time. Go experience that. Right? Like, I think, you know, Jericho now, he's got the big contract. He says he's never had a contract bigger than this. All right, he took it for the contract. He took it for the money. Just because he took it for the money, he took it for the contract, just because his boys are all, you know, just because Cody Rhodes left WWE because he wasn't being used properly. And I'm sure there's a lot of people in WWE he doesn't like because of that. Sure, he's, Cody Rhodes got a chip on his shoulder because of the, how he was using WWE. There's no question. You don't just lose that. And, and in fact, if you want to compete with WWE and you want to be successful with your current project, AEW, you better keep that chip on your shoulder about WWE. But just because you got a chip on your shoulder about WWE and just because maybe the Young Bucks, you know, might have a beef with WWE as well, that doesn't mean Kenny Omega has to. You know, I just kind of feel like... I just kind of feel like Omega's now following the pack because those are his friends and he wants to stay loyal, but maybe he's being loyal to a fault. Maybe he's robbing himself or something. I, I, I'm being dead serious. I Obviously, I don't make decisions for him. He makes decisions for himself. And I hope it ends up being a good decision for him. I hope we enjoy the AEW pro, you know, product. But right now, it's already it's predictable. It's kind of corny. I don't know how, and I'm trying to think of how they're going to get get away from that. They're really going to have to get nuts. Like, they're really, you know, I'm talking CM Punk. I'm talking stealing WWE talent. Like, big name talent. Like, don't tell me you're going to go in and steal Zack Ryder and The Revival and tell me, <laughs> you know, now you're going to compete with WWE. Like, please, you're not. Like, it's going to take much bigger, bigger names than that. You better be going in and stealing Finn Balor. You better be going in and getting Shinsuke Nakamura. Right? You better be going to get AJ Styles. Or you're not going to compete. And I don't see them getting those guys. I don't. Maybe Nakamura. Maybe. Does Punk do it? I don't know. Maybe. But again, Punk's not really WWE. He's not a WWE talent right now. So that's not really stealing from WWE. My point is, I see Omega and Jericho do this press conference in Vegas. Omega officially announces he's with AEW. He's got a few with Jericho. It's predictable. We already saw it. It's much of the same. And as a wrestling fan and an Omega fan, I was holding out hope that he wouldn't follow the pack. I was holding out hope that he wouldn't make his decision because Jericho got a huge contract. I was holding out hope that Omega wouldn't make his decision because Cody Rhodes has a chip on his shoulder about the WWE, right? Because Cody Rhodes doesn't like how he was used in WWE. I was hoping Omega wouldn't make his decision based on the fact that the Young Bucks are his best friends and they've been with him this whole time and even they got something against WWE. I was hoping that Omega would, would still make his own decision based on... What's the grandest stage of them all? WrestleMania. If I, like, I I wish I had Omega's talent. I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. I always wanted to be in WWE. I wish I had Omega's size, his talent, his skills on the mic. He's the, he's the complete package. He's the best in the world. If I were him, I don't care how close or friendly I am with the Bucks and Rhodes and what Jericho's telling me. I'm going to WWE. 
I'm performing at WrestleMania. There's no questions asked. As a wrestling fan, I feel like I'm being robbed of that. I'm being robbed of seeing the best in the world perform on the grandest stage of them all. And so I hate that Omega's going to WWE. Excuse me. I hate that Omega's going to AEW and not WWE. I hate it. Hate it. And, you know, not not a single one of those guys will, will agree with me right now. And that's fine. You Jericho, deep down inside, to a man. Come on. Come on, Chris. A year ago, you would have been telling Omega to go to WWE. You would have been. Maybe two years ago. All right, go back that far. What, if Omega came to you two, three years ago and said, what's my advice? What would you do if I were me? Chris Jericho would have been saying, oh, go go talk to Vince. Go talk to Vince. No no doubt about it. Let's not, make, let's not start making WWE sound like, you know, a minor league system just because everybody likes the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. I like the Bucks and Cody Rhodes. I like Chris Jericho. I hope they have success. I hope they get the TV deal. Because their product is already improving what WWE's doing. Because now, and like Justin Barrasso always says in the show, Vince McMahon is at his best when he's challenged. And he's going to be challenged. And I hope they give him a damn good challenge. I like those guys. But let's not like those guys and see the challenge they're going to give WWE and turn that into WWE sucks and they're no longer the top dog. Oh, give me a fucking break. They're going to fill up MetLife Stadium with the loudest crowd that you're ever going to see in your life. And I wanted to see the best in the world a part of something that big. What, AEW is going to be that big that soon? No. AEW doesn't even have a product yet. Okay? They don't have a TV deal yet. They don't have a weekly show yet. Their next event is in May. By the time AEW has their next event, WWE's going to have three more pay-per-views, right? Two or three? The Major League Baseball season will be over a month in to the regular season. We'll be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. We'll be doing NFL draft stuff. Like, AEW is not a complete product yet. And yet, Omega's going there. Uh, I don't like it. Sucks to see. Uh, uh, As a wrestling fan, I wanted Omega in WWE. I know everybody kept telling me it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Someone can dream, can't they? I was just hoping that Omega's ultimate dream would be to perform at WrestleMania. He's being a loyal guy right now. You know, it doesn't make him a bad guy. Actually, makes him a really good guy. I respect loyalty. There's no question about it. As somebody who, in my industry, has been begging for some type of loyalty from somebody, anybody out there. Okay? I know how important that is. It's an important thing. You must have it. But you also you also got to sometimes separate that from making a business decision. And, I mean, don't tell me Omega has never wanted to go to WWE. Don't tell me WWE doesn't want Omega. They want him. And uh, he could have gone there. And he probably could have made the big bucks. And he probably would have been in a huge, important role. He'll be in a huge role in AEW. He'll be their number one top dog, main eventer, world champ. But it's just like, 
you know, if they don't steal WWE guys, what is that product over there going to look like? And is it ever, they might challenge WWE, but will they ever be WWE? And if they ever come close to being WWE, when will that be? Go to WWE now. That's what I wish Omega did. He didn't do it. I'm disappointed. And I actually look at it, and I think it's a bad day for wrestling. I do. I think it's a bad day because I think wrestling fans are being robbed. And I'm praising him, by the way. They can take this whatever they want. They, I know, you know, they search their own names and shit on Twitter and respond to people who do that. But I, I, I tell you right now, they can be upset with this if they ever hear it all they want. I'm actually... You know, I, I praise those guys. And I'm actually saying this in a way where I'm praising Kenny Omega. He is the best in the world. And WWE is still the top dog. And it's going to be for a long time. And I wanted to see the best in the world on the grandest stage of them all. And we are now officially never going to see that. Unless you get to a point three or four years down the road where Vince buys AEW. <laughs> right? Maybe Vince... Talks to Tony Khan, you know, pays them all off, and maybe that's the way we see it. See Shane O'Mac show up on uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite on AEW. Maybe that's the way we get it done. But Omega, he's in his prime. It's just, it sucks to see him go to AEW. We all knew it was kind of going to happen. Now it's official, though. It's like, ah. And you're going to do, are you going to fight Jericho right away? We already saw it a couple times. It's corny. It's predictable. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. That's my thoughts on that story. And um, that's the show. I'll be back on Monday. Get the show whenever you want at Podcast One. Also on iTunes and Spotify. Also on my website, dannypicard.com. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Picard. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Hey, next week, pitches and catches report. Pitches and catches report. If anything happens in the world of Major League Baseball and their offseason before pitches and catches report, I'll react to it on Monday. Same thing in the NBA, uh, the NFL, and even the NHL. Haven't really done much hockey this year, if any at all. We'll get into that because before you know it, the playoffs will be here and I love Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs so we got a lot to talk about coming up soon but enjoy your weekend and I will talk to you on Monday see you